welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, what is going on? How are you feeling? Anything new in life? How are we, how are we doing tonight? First and foremost, Ryan, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. Did you get any chocolates, any flowers from the uh, significant other? We are saving our Valentine's Day date night for tomorrow, so I will keep you posted regarding uh, gifts and etc. Um, but I think this is the first official time that we have recorded on a holiday in the two years that we have done this. Yeah. Wait, yeah, you're totally right. Because every other holiday, we kind of like celebrate, so. Yeah, uh, I was well, thinking. Did we we must have recorded on Memorial Day one year, because that's a Monday. You think so? Yeah. No, I think Mo- Memorial Day, we're usually busy. Yeah, watch Jaws at QB Club. Right. That's like our uh, <laughs> that's like our summer kickoff. Yeah, so me and Tyler have this weird-ass tradition where we watch Jaws either on Memorial Day or the weekend leading up to Memorial Day. Um, we watch it at our local stomping ground, and it just kicks off our summer. So that's just a little fun tidbit for you. But I respect the fact that you are celebrating Valentine's Day on a different day because me personally, I got nothing against Valentine's Day. Cool if you want to show that. You are very into your partner, but it's just another day on the calendar, in my opinion, and it puts a lot of pressure on guys and girls to like just show up big, and I think it's really stupid, in my opinion. Yes, I think that's going to be contingent on your partner and your relationship and all that, but I am with you 100%, and my significant other, I, I feel like, feels the exact same way. Um, just like a nice little text this morning. Showing how much you appreciate that person, or that's what I did. Yeah. That's enough. And then making sure, though, that you do have a certain date night around Valentine's Day. I think that's also very important. Right. But you should be able to show, you should show that all year round, in my opinion. Yes, you should. I know it's cliche to say, but. Well, just think about if if you forgot to text your. Yeah, you'd be in the doghouse. (laughs) Oh, my God. You wouldn't hear, or you would not survive that, I don't think. No, absolutely not. But yeah, so happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Hope you're getting lucky tonight. Um, what does Dean say? February 14th is the best day of the year because you don't have to be Mr. Right. You just got to be Mr. Right now. Dean Winchester is also in the 2008 or nine My Bloody Valentine, which relates to Valentine's Day. If you guys have never seen it, uh, it's not the best movie of all time. But as far as remakes go, it's decent. You know what our boy Spencer Sharnas said? He posted about it today. He's like, even though the original's pretty good, he's like, the 2009 remake is one of the best horror movie remakes of all time. So I watched the original for the first time last year, um, and I was very disappointed in it. So most of the, the original like 80s and 90s movies that I have not seen that I put on my queue, they blew me away. Things like The Fly, which I never, I've never seen previously, The Blob, blew me away. This was in my like top three. I can't wait to watch this. And it was like a four out of 10. Really? I've never seen it. It's such a cool concept and they just did not do it well. Like the film looked weird. It was like filmed with like a Super 8 camera. Some of it Uh, was very strange. hmm. Well, if you guys have never seen it, I'm going to recommend the 2009 remake because it's pretty freaking good. Um, But speaking of Spencer Charnas, Ty. You said before we started recording tonight, you want to give him a special shout out. You want to tell the people why? Okay, I'll take it from here, I guess, because Mr. Spencer now follows me and Tyler on Instagram. I thought we already talked about this 
in one of our former episodes. I don't think we've talked about it yet. No. You might be 100% right. I think I was just more starstruck than anything um, regarding not mentioning it. But yes, Ryan's right. Spencer follows. Uh, look, I can't even talk right now. Starstruck. Spencer follows us um, on Instagram. And it wasn't just like a one-time thing and then he stopped following us. He is still following us. It happened when we were out at dinner. I almost literally spit my drink out onto yeah. like the bar. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I remember I texted him like, dude, check Instagram right now. And you were like, Insane. What, what are we checking for? And then we checked our follower requests. Also, as we're recording this, I believe we got 23 days till the new Scream drops, Si. Scream 6. Buckle up for that bad boy. Um, and also, I'll just throw it out at the top of the show here. Me and Ty are going to be filming our next short film very soon. That has to deal with Mr. Ghostface himself. Me personally, I'm super hyped up about it because I think it's going to be one, comedy genius, and two, just really fun and short and easy to film. Yeah, I think this goes back to our first official film that we did. Uh, I think it was over the summer of last year where the It Balloon kept following Ryan around. And Oh, yes, that's I think, right. <laughs> I think we filmed that in... 12 minutes. Might have been 12 minutes. Um it is still one of my favorite like so reels that we have so on our Instagram. <laughs> I think it's genius. Remember how hard it was to get the, the balloon, balloon to come out of the refrigerator. For those of you who have seen it, um, that refrigerator scene, we had to do that take like twelve times because the balloon just because it was a vacuum got sucked into the refrigerator. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure everything else was just one take. It was like everything super was. easy except that everything was. Yeah, so it, the the new movie is going to be similar to that. So if you guys need a little bit of horror and comedy in your lives, um, stay tuned for that. Yeah, also, if you guys are looking for those videos, you can find them on our Instagram page or just search Brown Brothers Haunting Hour on the old YouTube bar, and the first two should pop up. Our short film, We Should Never Have Gone There. Check that one out if you've never seen it. And then uh, I think the other one's called We All Float Down Here. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, the short film took a little longer than than 12 minutes, huh? But it was fun. I enjoyed it. Edited, <laughs> I, dude, editing that bitch was, oh. I literally, I watch it once a month. I think with our $0 budget, actually, I think we had like 60 bucks in our pocket. I think we lost money. Oh, no, we probably. When we filmed that. Yeah, but it was relatively simple to do. Just the editing was a bitch. Yeah. No, I thought you did great. And yeah. I thought this, the story and the concept was sound enough where we should be doing more of these in the future. But okay, so we're going to jump into the topic tonight. Um, tonight, we're actually going to be talking all about the gates of hell within the United States. So we're not going to dive too much into the old world here because there are a ton of them if you look at folklore on it. I think this also marks for the first time in our history that we're doing topics back to back to back that relate similarly to each other. Kind of like a bubble of hell that we're just diving into yes i like this more though because on podcasts like lore and astonishing legends they take like two hours for an episode and then they do a part one and a part two mm -hmm. of the same topic gotcha um so yeah we're gonna be talking all about the gates of hell in america and if you guys have heard our haunted main episode i kind of structured it as four different topics and then we kind of compiled it into one episode this one's kind of structured the same way so i'm going to talk about uh, three, maybe four different gateways to hell and different legends um, within America. So the first one we're going to be talking about is in Illinois. And specifically, we are going to be talking about Lebanon Road in Collinsville, Illinois. 
So Collinsville itself is located on the western border of Illinois, and it's probably like a 25-minute ride right outside of St. Louis. So it's right on that Missouri border. Did you say Missouri or Misery? Misery? St. Louis, Misery. Misery spelled M-I-S-E-R-Y. It's also a Stephen King novella. Actually, I think it's a full novel, which is a fantastic R.I.P. the Lates. Oh, dude, the dude from Elf. Yeah, yep. shame on me for not knowing his name. He's fantastic. Yeah, you can all curse my name right now for not knowing him. Uh, but yes, R.I.P. To, to him. James Conn. <laughs> <laughs> Just f***ing hit me. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so what these alleged gates of hell are in this section of the world, they're old railway trussels. These bridges were built in the 1800s uh, during the coal mining boom that fueled the industrial age. And especially near large cities such as Chicago and St. Louis, um, which Collinville is right outside of, they had a ton of railway systems coming into those meccas and those metropolises of big cities. So along Lebanon Road in this section of Illinois, there are allegedly seven of these bridges that you are able to drive under in this area. So there are two urban legends that surround these bridges. People call each bridge a gateway. The first legend is that if you drive through each of these gates in sequential order, so if you come to the first one and then you find the second one, third one, then I'm like, okay, that's relatively cool, whatever. This is where the legend loses me personally. You have to drive through the seventh one at exactly midnight. If you do this at midnight, it is said a portal to hell is supposed to open. Hellfire is supposed to shoot out from underneath each of these bridges, and legend also states that hellhounds will surround the area and take souls down to the furnace of anybody walking next to these bridges. All right, so we know that 12 o'clock does have relevance due to the idea regarding like this hierarchy of demons. Remember we talked two episodes ago, uh, or maybe it was last episode, where certain demons can only manifest at a certain time. Yes. 12 o'clock being one of those times. So maybe 12 o'clock does have relevance to hell, this proverbial hell. Um, as far as all the other shit goes, I'm going to say that's not true. It's like way too kitschy of a legend. I'm like, this is this is just something that people talked about in this area because there were seven of these bridges. Yeah, and it goes against like the idea of hell. Like if you if you're a good person and you just happen to do this, you get damned for eternity or eternal damnation, whatever it's called. Yeah, but you said during the crossroads episode that sometimes demons would make deals and then just backfire on them. There's no deal here though. There's just kids driving underneath trestles. It reminds me a lot of um, Gods of Egypt. I don't know if you ever saw it with Gerard Butler. It was a really shitty movie. Gods of Egypt. Wait, isn't it wasn't Fastbender? It was somebody else was in it, right? Wasn't Jude Law or some shit? Uh, no, but he's he's a very famous actor. I can't think of his name. Okay, you would recognize him though. I think I do remember seeing a trailer for this. Yeah. So the idea of like going through the seventh or under the seventh trestle and then automatically like a riff opens up and then demons are right there. That's what it's supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah so in Gods of Egypt, this woman has a ring or a necklace, I think, and the second she takes it off a riff opens and demons grab her, which is cool. 
That's pretty sick. But I think it it just plays into this because it's the same concept. Right. Where it's just wrong place, wrong time, or curiosity really did kill the cat. But also on the flip side of like that legend, if you drive if you drive underneath these bridges from number seven and go all the way to number one, once you drive underneath the first bridge, it's said that if you look into your rear view, a riff will open and you can just peer into hell and nothing's going to come out and get you. So it gives you like a little glimpse in between realms, if you will, or a little pierce across the veil, pun, um, into hell. And that would be one I would try because I, there's like no consequence to doing it. You just get to look inside hell. I feel like there are a lot of consequences to PTSD you're going to see from people getting their skin peeled back Ooh, yeah. from the devil or demons. Very Hellraiser. Yes, uh, but as far as the two different versions go, I would do the one where you go from seven to one. I agree. But there is a little bit of, I'm not going to say credibility to this story, but there is a little bit of trauma that goes along with these bridges. Um, it's, it's widely known that railways were poorly constructed back in the day when they were first built. So it has been reported that there were numerous train accidents in this area of Illinois with multiple deaths on the trains. There's also one story that tells of a young black man who was being chased through the wooded area near these bridges by the KKK. The KKK eventually ended up catching up to this man and hung him from the second bridge. There is credibility in that because St. Louis during the early 1900s was pretty well known for its racism and having different factions of the KKK living in St. Louis and around the surrounding areas. This sounds a whole lot like the Goatman. It does, right? Um, of Goatman's Bridge in Texas. Texas, yeah. Yep. Northern Texas, yeah. We talked about human sacrifice as well. Maybe that was the fuel that needed to start this actual fire. Yes, I think a, a murder or a suicide, that is the whole idea behind unhallowed ground. Mm -hmm. and that's how you make unhallowed ground. And maybe you can only do something like this portal if you have unhallowed ground. And maybe it just happened they didn't know the consequences imagine being the poor son of a bitch who some guy driving like a kia sorrento uh <laughs> test driving just like oh yeah i'm gonna go here put some more miles on it no that is that is <laughs> that's one riff that you'd want to stay away from absolutely um but also at gate three and gate four so the third and fourth bridge it is said that if you get out of your car between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m., you can hear phantom cars driving underneath it. It also said you can hear cars revving extremely fast, like they're going to come and hit you, and then it just immediately stops before it hits, like, the bridge itself. See, that's something I would do. That sounds really cool. That sounds awesome. And it could attest to the cars that went through the riff. Maybe those are the residual cars that went through that hell riff. Wait a minute. Maybe if you drive through the seventh one... Maybe you just drive into hell like you're gone and you don't know. And maybe those cars are just continuously tra traveling down that road because they don't know that they're actually stuck in hell. Sounds like purgatory. Okay, maybe, yeah. Actually, it sounds like Crowley's hell where he's Crowley from uh, Supernatural where everyone's in a line and then when you get to the front of the line. You're automatically in the back of the <laughs> you line. You go to the back of the line. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great idea. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, it also says that Underneath the third and fourth bridges, there has been satanic ritual remains have been found. This includes pentagrams with candles and carcasses of both baby calves and pigs. 
it shows that there actually has been some type of demonic worship there or some type of sacrifice going on. Um, or people could have just been doing that to build up kind of like this legend and all the propaganda of this quote unquote portal to hell. The second place we're going to be talking about is Stoll Cemetery in the town of Douglas City, Kansas. Now, if you're a Supernatural fan, you probably know about Stoll Cemetery. Um, season 3? Or season 4? Season 4, Lazarus Rising. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's uh, when he, uh, Dean uh, comes out of hell. That's when Dean comes. Uh, so it must be season uh, season finale of 4 or 5. Either or, it's when Sam actually gets possessed by Lucifer and him and Michael are fighting in Stoll Cemetery. Spoiler alert, if you've never seen Supernatural, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But Sam actually jumps into hell to put Lucifer back into his cage. And this happens within Stoll Cemetery. So about halfway between Topeka and Lawrence, Kansas, there's an old cemetery believed by many to be haunted by the devil himself. The cemetery was erected in 1869 to accompany a small church that was built there two years prior. Legends of supernatural happenings were said to have been around for over a hundred years, but the cemetery gained popularity in November of 1974 after a college newspaper from the nearby University of Kansas released an article discussing the cemetery and students going there and having paranormal experiences actually happening. But according to the actual big legend surrounding this cemetery, it said in the late 1800s, the devil and a witch ended up having a child together one winter night in Kansas. Now, I think this is actually kind of interesting because I don't think I've ever heard of a time when the devil actually has sex with a human. Like, you hear about demons having sex with humans, the incubus and succubus. Um, do you remember which one's a witch? I was literally just going to ask you which is which. Um, it's always the opposite of what I think. Incubus is a dude banging a chick. Yes. Succubus is a chick banging a dude. Correct. Dude. Okay. Tie. Uh, it was a 50-50 shot. Some points on that one, dude. Um, can I you always think of succubus. Like, she's going to suck the old bis, if you know what I mean. Bisque? Did you say bisque? No, bis. Oh, bis. Succubus. <laughs> I think of Incubus the band. That's where they get the name, actually. All dude members. Okay. Dudes like to bang chicks, although it's very fluid these days. So, If, um, what the f*** is his name on Family Feud? Steve Harvey? Yeah. Yes. If Steve Harvey ever asks you this during <laughs> uh, Fast Money, name one type of demon that has sex with a human, say Incubus or Succubus, you are welcome. Can you believe, or can you believe... Can you imagine the sex between this devil and like a witch? The witch, yeah, dude, it's gotta be BD fucking <laughs> SM. Oh my god, talk about whips and chains, DPs, three Ps, <laughs> golden showers, golden showers. <laughs> all of it happening at Stull Cemetery. DPs um, with one man. I don't know, dude. The devil's probably packing heat. Like three dicks. Oof, yikes. I can hear our friend Rocky Bragg laughing right now <laughs> in his car listening to this. But yeah, so mostly in, in any type of folklore or, or paranormal investigating, all you hear about is demons having sex with a male or a female. 
And it's actually super interesting to know the origin of this, not that it has to do with the devil himself, but um, the earliest account of demon sex in both Jewish and Christian faith comes from the book of Genesis, which details the origin of the world and the early history of humanity. Genesis states that prior to the flood of Noah, fallen angels mated with women to produce a race of giants. The brief mention of angels breeding with human women contains few details. But in the 3rd century BC, the Book of Watchers, an apocalyptic version written in the name of a mysterious character named Enoch, who was mentioned in the Book of Genesis, expands on this intriguing tale. In this version, the angels or watchers not only have sex with women and give birth to giants, but they also teach humanity magic, black arts, and witchcraft. So just interesting, that's where the first time demons having sex with humans first pops up. But so, going back to the legend of Stull Cemetery, devil ended up impregnating this witch, but the child was not successful at birth. The child ended up being buried in Stull Cemetery. So it's said that the devil is known to visit this cemetery on two nights a year. The spring equinox, and you gotta guess... The autumnal equinox. No. Fuck. Wait, when the spring equinox, I know this. This is April 30th. I, sh- I should know this, but I don't. Into uh, May. It's May Eve. Okay. That's a- I think it's April 30th. Uh, yeah, when's the other one? Halloween night. Oh, so close. Um, but it's said that the devil arrives here on both those nights to pay respect to his dead child. The old church that is now demolished, that was sitting in Stoll Cemetery, it said that at one point it had a staircase so deep in the basement that nobody knew where it went to. And legend states that this is how the devil himself arrives and leaves the cemetery as he pleases. In another form of the legend, it said that from the child's gravestone itself, a staircase will open up into the fiery pits. And this is how the devil arrives in Stoll Cemetery. Not even an elevator. Not, nope. Working all those calves. Yeah. Dude must have glutes for days. Or using his three dicks to just walk up the <laughs> staircase. Oh, there's going to be a lot of editing in this episode, I feel. That one's actually, I think that one's really, really cool because I always knew Stull Cemetery had a background regarding supernatural happenings, but I didn't know it was like that deep rooted in like an actual creepy ass legend. And I'm sure, I didn't go too deep into it, but I'm sure there's a load of paranormal phenomenon that goes on at that cemetery throughout the rest of the year. Now, the last legend we're going to talk about is the Seven Gates of Hell, located in Hellam Township, Pennsylvania. So, one legend states that a mental institution used to be located on either Toad Road or Trout Run Road, was erected sometime in the late 1890s. The location of this asylum was built in the middle of the woods with no towns surrounding it. This location was chosen as to isolate people deemed insane from the rest of the world. One day in the 1900s, a fire broke out at the asylum, and due to its remoteness, firefighters could not reach the hospital in time to save any of the patients. It is said that some patients who ended up escaping tried running for help, but the town people decided to build gates around the woods 
to lock the rest of these patients inside. So the second version of this legend states that a physician who was working at the asylum decided to lock all the patients inside, built the gates to confuse the patients who were trying to escape, and he ended up setting the fire ablaze himself. So the legend goes that the first gate you can find pretty easily within this section of Helen Township, Pennsylvania, but the other six only appear at nightfall. It's said that if you can find the first gate during the night, it is very easy to encounter the second one. And what you have to do is once you hit the fifth gate, the woods start to catch a blaze. You can see some of the insane inmates. But once you hit six and then seven, it's said that you're supposed to be in hell once you walk through that seventh gate. And there are there are numerous legends around the United States that have to do with seven gates and walking through the seventh gate you're supposed to be in hell um, one of them is in me and tyler's backyard pretty much it's in lemonster massachusetts and this place is called spider gates cemetery also known as quaker cemetery me myself have been there numerous times are there seven gates absolutely not there's only one of them but it's very interesting that the other gates are supposed to manifest at some time in the middle of the night um I kind of want to open up to you. Why do you think there has to be seven gates? The number seven, I, I have no idea. I know a lot of the times in Catholicism and Judaism, when you talk about a number regarding something negative, like the devil or a demon, it's always ironic. Right. It's, and it's like usually six. Six or three. Yeah. Right, 3 a.m., uh, the mocking of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Six is like the mocking of the Trinity times two. If, if you go into like the Bible, six is there on like every other page. Right. I always thought it was personally the seven the seven gates had to do something with Dante's Inferno because it was there were nine circles of hell that Dante went through. Right. Yes. And each one of those were specific for a different sin or how bad you committed like a crime. Yeah. So that's like the seven deadly sins. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There's another number. So maybe that's why people associate that with seven. But I mean, all the other sins that we commit are umbrellas underneath the seven so you could even say there's like 12 sins or 20 sins if you focus on one of those sins itself if you guys don't know what dante's inferno is um it was a poem written between 1308 and 1321 um and it was written by dante i'm gonna butcher this Alighieri. um but in that poem a roman poet named virgil guides dante through the nine circles of hell the circles are concentric, so they represent a gradual increase in wickedness and accumulating to the center of the earth. Now, in that ninth level of hell, that's where Satan is supposed to be residing. The problem with I have with that is like uh, sin is so subjective. So someone could say sloth is worse than gluttony. Okay, yep. But in the nine circles, one of them is obviously below the other. So whoever wrote this as far as culture goes back in the time when he was writing it or she was writing it, they associated that sin, if it is gluttony, for example, worse than lust. So those are that's what I have a problem with because I think it is subjective. So I could think lust is worse because someone cheated on me. Or you could think gluttony is worse because you just take all of your material stuff and you keep it to yourself. Maybe, maybe those types of sins, that's where these gates play on. So each gate you go through whether those be the bridges in illinois or one of these gates in pennsylvania 
or supposedly Massachusetts, maybe each one you go to, you're experiencing a different type of hell. So whenever I think about this, I always think about a person passing through one of these gates if they did commit that sin. For example, gate one could be lust. Mm -hmm. If in their life they had committed lust and they keep going, then they will get into hell. If you did not commit all seven sins per se, then you won't get into that rift of hell. So maybe it's like you're taking these steps to get there. Like maybe you... But I always think it's not, it's not by a choice. It's always like you are assuming it's not going to work and you're doing it to spite or in spite of the lore. Yeah. I think if you did six of the sins and you went through the seventh gate, you would not be in hell. What if you committed sins and then you're like, oh my God, I want for some ungodly reason you want to get to hell. So then you go and commit that seventh one. Do you think you could still just go back to that seventh gate and just pass right through? Yes, because you can't take a, like a, a, an action back that's negative. Okay. Like you can't take cheating on someone back or you can't take uh, being super lazy and not owning up to your full potential back. That's what I always think about when I think about seven and these gates. But the concept of someone going and trying to find hell or finding hell accidentally has always been like my most interested concept regarding horror. I have always loved that idea. That's it, why I love things super, like... It's like scary and interesting at the same time. It's horrifying. That's why I love movies like As Above, So Below yeah. and Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. It's someone going into these environments and you're putting a human being up against these forces of hell much like as above so below they're in the beginning of the story or any type of folklore like that the person's so kind of like pumped up and excited to go on this journey and once they realize they're there and they can't get out fear just hits them astronomically right and i think that's what happens with people who do this if you believe in someone going through this riff if you did commit those sins and you're going through these five or six or seven gates and you see that happen and you can't get away that is like the top tier fear that you could ever experience. Right. And I think it's so, like the way I picture it is once you pass like that fifth gate, if you have committed these sins or just say you're a really bad person, maybe you just got to commit one of them and you can get through that seventh gate. We don't know. But I think like once you hit that fifth gate and you walk through, I don't want to say like everything around you starts to get like foggy, but like, like I feel like time starts melting away a little bit. And yeah. You're just so pun here hell bent on going forward through that gate you don't realize that everything's starting to change around you or maybe you can't even go back anymore the oh only way God, through yes. is forward Oof. can't believe i just quoted under armor there but um <laughs> or the only way is through yeah maybe you can't after you get through one of these gates you can't go back maybe it's just you're on a loop until you keep going through the other gates and me personally going to spider gate cemetery i've never been there at nighttime i know police are pretty strict even though it's in the middle of the fucking middle of the woods so even if you go at nighttime i'm sure you'll be fine um but i've never been there during nighttime i've only been during the day and i've only seen one gate and the cemetery itself it's not huge but there's a ton of surrounding woods in that area so maybe if you go at nighttime you go through that first gate and you like take a path through the woods maybe you'll find a second one maybe it's not even a a proverbial gate maybe it's like like two trees marking exactly, a certain area yeah. yeah or like a tree with uh vines going across and covering oh that's even scarier like not even knowing you're there yes and then you realize it yeah that would be a nightmare so let's throw it up on the brown brothers haunting hour scare scale you walk through the first gate in one of these areas 
I'm going to say Pennsylvania or Spider Yates. And then you stumble across another one where you're going to throw that up on like knowing that the second one should not actually be there, but it is. Yeah, knowing that if I kept going forward and kept going through gates that I would be tormented for the rest of my virtual existence, that is very scary. Um, I don't think I'd be stupid enough to keep going, so I would say that's a solid five. What if you saw something like past that second gate? Like you looked over it and there was like somebody in like a like a reaper or some guy with horns holding a pitchfork standing there. That's going to bump that right to a 7.58, but that's also going to turn me away really quick. Right. How about if you drove underneath that seventh bridge and started to go haywire in like weird ways though. Like maybe like the radio starts to change. Yeah. And... Stuff like that. The wind starts to blow. So a bunch of leaves start like covering your car. Yeah. I mean, again, it's something that like nothing happens initially because you have six more gates, I guess. Right. Or six more, I'm sorry, trestles. Yeah. Um, if, like, I was compelled to keep going, or even worse, if I was with someone who was driving and they were, like, not stopping the car, I'd be so nervous I'd be, like, a six or a seven. Okay. I think, though, the idea of the church in the cemetery where the devil is in the basement, allegedly. Yeah, well, it just goes down to Which hell. is hell, yeah. yeah. I think if I was, if I went into that deserted church, then I went down the stairs and kept going and going and going. That would be the scariest out of those three and then if you get to a point where you see a giant door where it says in latin um abandon all hope which was the inscription i think above dante's inferno uh, uh that first circle that would be my heart rate would be like 190 yeah it's kind of like uh, as above so below because they can't get back i don't even think they're in hell in as above so below but they're so close to it that that's why they start seeing all of the bad mm-hmm. stuff they did and they have to keep going. And I think in As Above, So Below, it says, Abandon all hope, ye, ye, ye who, who enter here. Yeah. Enter here, yeah. So I'd, I'd say as topics go, this isn't the scariest thing we've ever covered. But it's just very interesting that these legends are actually in the world. And somebody came up with these from first-hand experiences or just off the top of their head. I think it's wild that there are so many different urban legends and lores around this one singular idea which is a gate of hell which is a human actively going into hell not their soul being taken to hell Mm -hmm. after they die but an actual living person trying to find a place that you should never find but yeah guys so that is our episode on the gates of hell in america we hope you guys enjoyed this one So if you guys could do us a solid and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we would be eternally grateful to you. You guys can also rate us on Spotify. That helps us rise through the ranks a little bit and helps people find us very, very quickly. You guys can also find us on Instagram. We are at Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. We like to post a lot of fun pictures that go alongside with our episodes. And that's where we post a lot of just content about us where you can find our new short films and just kind of some daily that me and Tyler are doing on the regular, you know, pictures of our ugly ass faces. I think this is going to wrap up the trio of the episodes that we did regarding hell and demons and hellhounds. Depending on what you got coming next, I don't know what you got. I want to do Huska Castle. That could be one because that's supposedly a gateway to hell. Yes. So maybe, so TBD to all of our listeners when this comes out, uh, this could wrap up our hell-oriented trio of episodes. Our little plethora of episodes that we got here. Yes, our spiel on what we think happens when we go and where we go. 
But um, I do want to do Huska Castle, but I also have a couple other ideas in mind. So TBD, we hope you guys did enjoy this, this though. If you like Ryan and I talking about things like the afterlife and demons and God, we can definitely do some more episodes in the future regarding that. I'm over it right now. I can tell you that. Yeah, but. I am very sick of talking <laughs> about religion and all of that. I want a good ghost story. I want some true crime up in this bi. I'm open for a cryptid. Are there any more? Have we? I thought we covered them all. Oh my god, the Enfield Horror or the Enfield? Uh, I think that's what it's called. That's one. I, one I want to do. Oh, Giant yeah. spiders of the su- South Bolivia. I want to do. There's a lot of them. That's f- terrifying. Um, I also, I'm for some odd reason, I'm so pumped up. I got like a great idea for, if not Memorial Day weekend, sometime leading up in the spring. But I think I mentioned it once before, my Dark Waters episode, and talk about like the Kraken and yes. Loch Ness monster and shit. I was thinking about um a lake demon, ooh champ, which is it's that's, a, the one in Vermont, isn't it? A no, that's like a lock. That's a like lake monster. Thing. Yeah, you could do uh Dark Waters is a great idea, but I think a, a demon of a lake that like pulls people down. I have no idea if this is a thing. I'm sure somewhere. There's yeah. Something like that. Um, I wanted to run this by you. What about another Would You Rather episode for an after hours perchance? Oh, yeah. I'm down. We haven't done that in a while. And that's just a fun uh, topic where everyone who's listening can actually make their own choices. Yeah, that's cool. And they can argue with us on Instagram, which we love. Hell, yeah. Um, also, guys, we are going to be doing an episode coming up here soon. I'm not sure if it's going to be an after hours or a full length one. But me and Tyler are going to go live on the podcast and play a couple different paranormal games to see if anything happens and if we get anything coming through our microphones which ones those are going to be we're not sure yet but there was talks of us trying to summon la Llorona. we're not doing it sure how rye guy feels about that one we're definitely doing it i might piss live on the podcast um it makes for good television <laughs> this isn't even <laughs> Enter- <TV>. entertainment <laughs> Yeah, so just stay tuned for that one. Also, guys, you can catch us on the Inquiries of Our Reality podcast. Me and Tyler are going to be guests on that show. It actually might drop before this one comes out, um, but we will post it on our social media. If you guys want to come hear us on a different podcast talking about our experiences regarding the paranormal, why we kind of started our show, and just uh, a little bit more about me and Tyler. And as always... We're the Brown Bros, and we're coming to you from the grave.